Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 84, and I'm your host Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Quack, quack, everybody. It's great to be back on the show. And I'm really excited about today's episode because it's our first Pixar movie in a long time. Yeah, it really has been. We haven't covered, we didn't cover one last year. A while. Um, yeah. We did a couple our first year, 2021, we did Monsters, Inc., but we've kind of been laying low on the Pixar movies. So, you know, we've done 84 episodes, including this one, 84 movies we've covered. Yeah. And you'd think with us being a children's film, amateur podcast hosts for children's cinema specifically, that we would have covered a lot more uh, Pixar movies. But two out of the three weren't even like childhood staples. (laughs) We've only done one like golden era you know so i'm really excited to get into this because this is oh man this one is so goaded it's a great one that's why i picked it this week yeah it was your pick i was jealous was it's a (laughs) solid pick but this week we're covering finding Finding nemo Nemo, which came out may 30th 2003 oh john this movie is 20 years old I'm not ready for this movie to be 20 years old. It's crazy. Well, um, take me back. Take us all back to the year 2003. What was going on? What were you doing? What was I doing? I don't know about you. I didn't talk to you back then. That's true. We weren't even friends. <laughs> I was in fifth grade, man. You think I was going to talk to a little kindergartner? Nope. <laughs> I had my own friends. Yeah. Uh, fifth grade. I... I I don't remember seeing this movie in theaters, though. Do you? I definitely do, because I remember being scared. One of multiple scenes, the barracuda scene, the shark scene, all the dangerous fish scene, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, the dangerous human, Darla. Crazy (laughs) scary. It didn't help that there was psycho music. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I remember it mostly because at the end of the movie, it said Finn. Because okay, it was yeah. playing, it was like very French, like Jacques, Jacques Cousteau um, vibes. Mm-hmm. And it said Finn at the end, but it's kind of funny because there's Finns in the movie. Oh. Didn't know if anyone else caught on that one because it's pretty pretty cheeky what they did, did there <laughs> with the Finns. Um, but that's where I learned that Finn in French means the end. But I was very confused. I was like, what's with the word Finn? Is that the school of fish impressionist again? You didn't know what that word meant, Jeremy? I was in kindergarten, bro. You're what the French call les compétents. That was the only word I knew in French, actually. <laughs> besides, <laughs> and Chef Boyardee. But that was a person. <laughs> I think he was president at the time, or uh, I don't know. I... I do not remember seeing this movie in theaters. Um, I remember when it came out, though, like being at Walmart or Target, and I paid like $14 for the DVD. It was like, it was brand new, came out. Yeah. It was one of those things where it was on sale, I guess. And, Two disc special edition. Yeah. And you, you knew it was a Pixar movie, so you knew it was going to be good. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't, I, if we saw just, it together, I don't, I don't remember it. You had to have been there, because who else would have explained Finn to me, other than my all-knowing older brother? 
<laughs> I don't know. I feel um, like I went with other people, though. You may have. Maybe you went with friends or something. I don't know. Probably like Harrison or something. Because, I don't know. If you're listening to this show and you remember in 2003 seeing this movie with me, in particular, a kindergartner, let us know. And also, Jeremy apologizes, obviously, for not remembering yeah, that I'm you were there. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was too focused on the movie and not who I was with. <laughs> in this case, it was not the friends you make along the way. <laughs> Since you brought it up, in rewatching this, I, I remember it ending with the words Finn. Yeah. At the end of the movie. When you watch this on Disney Plus, it's changed. It just says the end. And I was like probably confused too many people. I remember asking you, like, didn't it used to end? Didn't it say Finn at the very end? Are we misremembering this? No, I'm not. I I specifically remember it saying Fiend. I don't know why they would change that. That makes no sense. I don't know either. (laughs) Disney Disney Plus is getting a little too loose with their changings. Yeah, their edits. They got George Lucas in there. He's retired now and just like, what can I change to all these movies? <laughs> yeah. Often, you're not going to know what that means. <laughs> so, actually, because I couldn't remember seeing this in theaters, I made a list of all the Pixar movies I have seen in theaters, and it is shockingly low. <laughs> like, specifically okay. for like the the first 10 years or 10 movies, like the classic golden era Pixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a couple that I wasn't sure on, and I wanted to get your, your take on it, if you remember. Okay. Um, I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. The original Toy Story is the very first movie I remember seeing in theaters. Right. So I've seen that I was one. not alive. Check. Okay. <laughs> Bugs Life, did not see that one. I, I remember seeing that one on VHS at, uh, Paul Smith's house. Also was not alive during that. Can't fact check it. <laughs> okay, Monsters, Inc., you're around for this one. Yes, that was my first Pixar movie. I did see that one. Uh, okay. I went with our, our babysitter, Janetta, took me and Paul and Bethany. <laughs> and we all went to see Where the movie. Where was I? You weren't allowed, I guess. It was PG, it was you know. You're right. You're it's right. PG. Also was it. three years old, so probably wouldn't have understood it. <laughs> So this might this ha this has probably been my first Pixar movie then. Cause I don't necessarily remember seeing Monsters Inc. in theaters. Mm-hmm. Unless I said so in our Monsters Inc. episode. In which yeah. case I don't remember. Yeah. Um It's hard it's hard to remember what we say on these things, you know? Memory right. is such a fickle friend, Harry. I mean, we've talked probably eighty four hours at least. <laughs> at least. Um, Finding Nemo, I, I really don't remember seeing this in the theaters. Okay. Um, I, I remember, I'm pretty sure I got the DVD after hearing about it. Um, The Incredibles, also do not remember seeing that in theaters. I specifically remember watching a pirated version of that on our older brother Larry's computer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Dude, okay, so 2002 through 2005 was my golden era I lived at Movico. Everyone did, yeah. Because like, that's when all the best movies came out. Really, that era. Tr- really and truly. After Incredibles is Cars, right? Yes. Okay, Cars and Ratatouille 
I wanted to ask you about. I don't think I saw Cars. Okay. In theaters, Ratatouille though. Did you ha- like go see that as a birthday party? That was, that was one of my birthdays. Um, eighth birthday, I went to Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Ninth birthday, well, how I mean, how old was I in 07? 10? My 10th birthday, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, no, because 10th birthday, I was surprised with Disney, unless we did both. I just have a memory of that being something <laughs> you did, like, Maybe mom let like a friend or two go with you to the movies. Yes, I remember. And that. I honestly like I I feel like I re- I have that memory of you doing that. I don't know if I went with you though. You weren't there. I remember okay. you not being there. So I didn't see that one. In it theaters was me either. and Ryan Chesson. Okay. Shout out to Ryan Chesson. Um, his brother Randy, of course. Mm-hmm. Harrison of course. was there. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's just us four. Okay. So, after Ratatouille is up, right? Okay. Okay, I did not see that one in theaters either. I remember seeing that, like, <laughs> on DVD afterwards. I, for some reason, like, I'm telling you, this is crazy. Yeah. That I've, I don't remember seeing a lot of these movies in theaters. Now, you know, the one I did, I did make it to, back to the theaters. Oh, I skipped Toy Story 2, but I, I don't think I saw that one either. Yeah. Um. Toy Story 3, though. So, of the original, like, the first Did 10 you see years... Wally? Oh, Wally. I skipped that one. No, I didn't see that one either. I, I, I actually don't... I didn't see Wally. I saw that one for the first time at my friend Logan's house, because he had it on DVD. Yeah, all, uh, pretty much all of these I saw, like, after they came out on DVD for some reason. Yeah. The only ones I have a memory of seeing is Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., and Toy Story 3. Okay. Okay. Then I won't go through the rest of them, but when we got into like the 2010s, I did like, I have a lot of these written down. Not all of them, but I, I did make it out to a lot of those. Because you were an adult and you had your own money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw, I, I saw Brave, Monsters cool. University, Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4, Onward. I guess that's it. So actually, that's not even a lot of them. That's maybe like half no. of them. Yeah. 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 So I'm just like, I'm just like shaking my head at like how many Pixar movies I didn't make it out to the theaters for. And I'm like, it just tells you how many times we watched it at our own house. Yeah. We had them mostly all of them, except for a bug's life on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, up until Ratatouille pretty much. So we had the golden age at our fingertips and we watched probably once a month, at least a Pixar movie once a week, probably they were, staples of our childhood wouldn't you and say when Jeremy? i say staple i do mean staple of my childhood <laughs> stapliest even well do you have any personal stories that we can intersperse well pretty throughout, much just talk about you just want to get into the movie i i don't re- really remember much other than just my theater experience okay uh, i do remember kindergarten oceans being a big thing Remember one kid had a pirate birthday because of Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and I got this one pirate skull and bones. <laughs> I got this pirate skull and bones pencil. You know those like party favor pencils in the goodie bag that don't ever sharpen correctly. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. And then mom, who didn't like skull and bones, she did not like skull and bones. She did not let me use that in school. <laughs> so. Yikes. That's very that's probably one of my most sheltered moments. 
<laughs> I wasn't even that sheltered, but mom did not like skulls and bones. Oh man, I I really wish that you would have snuck that pencil into church and like taken sermon notes on it. Ooh, just right in front in of vain. her. <laughs> that pencil should be around somewhere because it's it was saved. It did not get used. Mom confiscated it and never took took it out of the computer jet desk. I guess. Oh man, I don't know. It, it's probably there. Um, I did have a story, but maybe we can talk about it a little bit later on because we can talk about it in context of one of the scenes in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you just want to get in, we can start with the beginning. I just want to talk about this death scene because I don't know. It, it was very intense and a scary deep dive, if you will, into a movie for kids um, mm-hmm. is a death scene right at the beginning. And I think they do it really well. This is one of the best death scenes of all kids cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, just barely surpassing the Ice Age death scene. So, <laughs> um, they they definitely know how to write a good death scene for kids without scarring them too much. Um, it was scary enough because like everybody's gone. And all you see is this barracuda silhouette in the distance. And it is scary. Yeah, I mean, even in like the years following, like I've definitely been at like get togethers where people are like, oh, let's just throw on a movie for the kids. And someone will like suggest Finding Nemo and people will be like, oh, that one's got a scary part at the beginning. I don't know if like, <laughs> I don't know if like the kids will want to watch that one. Maybe something different, you know. I don't like, know if that one's safe for the kids, honey. Yeah. And I always forget about that because I, I don't, you know, yeah. I think of Pixar movies as, oh, these are perfect for kids, you know, right? It's like, like, oh, that scary. one is kind of scary for, I don't know if my kid's ready for that one yet or something. You know? Nothing was as scary as, I don't think that was as scary because you don't see anything happen really. You, you just see like, it's a quick cut. Um, you know, they don't, they don't really show much, but it's definitely not as scary as Bruce turning into a blood monster. Like the great white shark going full on jaws. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I kind of think the barracuda scene was scarier because really? you don't actually just because, like you've seen Bruce's real personality before that. That's what's scary about it. You don't know when he's gonna snap. I mean, that's true. <laughs> and that scene of him like sniffing the blood through his nostril, yeah, is like an image. Ooh. Cemented in my his, mind. His eyes, his pupils expanding. Yeah, yeah they like, like dilate and <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Like it's like kind of like a shocking scene at the very beginning whenever Marlon like realizes like oh, what's going on? He's like chasing his wife around. Right. And he looks outside of the anemone. Is that how you say she's that? She's just stuck. And she, he's like, What's she looking at? And you, it, the camera just kind of cuts over the animation camera. Yeah, cuts over and it's just like this like still barracuda just kind of like floating there staring at you kind of menacingly yeah you know it's not like most of the fish talk you know it's not like the the barracuda threatens them and talks to them you know it's just like a silent killer you know so it's like i feel like it's more threatening and it's just very brief and obviously like there's major consequences for that so I don't know. I, yeah. I I could see both scenes, the shark scene and the bar- barracuda scene being like scary for kids. I think the barracuda thing was more for me though, like shocking. I think 
since it's so like quick and it doesn't show much, I think that's why I don't think it's as scary. Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever. To each their own. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about that actually, um, Andrew Stanton, who wrote and directed this movie, he originally had the beginning scene as like sort of a flashback throughout the entire movie. So like there would be a scene where they're having a good time and then there would be a scene where they're having a where where she sees him and then flashback of you know Marlon holding Nemo as an egg. And I really would love to see that edit cuz I feel like that would be really cool storytelling wise. So the same scene but just like cut up into So pieces. the movie just starts out like first day of school, first day of school. Yeah. Um, hmm. Mr. Ray going to preschool, you know, um, and then throughout it, Marlon goes through flashbacks and it sort of explains his like PTSD and separation anxiety. And mm-hmm. I don't know, that'd be really cool to see. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's kind of interesting. I'm just thinking of like how that scene normally plays out and how it would have been yeah. like chopped up and that sort of thing. It might've been really weird if it just started out normal. <laughs> like, yeah just all happy and all that because it, I mean, it's so, it's somewhat of a dark movie honestly you don't know if he, the the father doesn't know if he's ever going to see his son again and at one point he actually sees what he thinks is his son belly up mm-hmm. so yeah i think there's definitely some serious themes that like all the all the major the major three characters are kind of dealing with I mean, as soon as you get off of the reef, it gets deep. (laughs) In more ways than one. You want to know another fun fact? Uh, Fun fact about Nemo's name. Uh, It's referencing Captain Nemo from Jules Verne's uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You ever read that one? No, I have not. Me neither. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Uh, also, Nemo is Latin for nobody. Okay, I I have heard a crazy theor- theory about that. Really? That I did not like. <laughs> okay. Um, Nemo's name meaning nobody. The fan there's a there's a theory that like Nemo did not survive the scene at the beginning, and it's just his imagination. And, and Marlon is imagining him being lost in oh. in his grief, and he is like spiraling out of control looking for his son i was like i don't like that <laughs> no it doesn't make any sense at the end no but unless no i'm just kidding <laughs> no i don't like that there's plenty and plenty of uh trauma and yeah it, this actually covers a lot of mental health issues <laughs> yeah i i wrote down like for the three main characters, there's not like a deep level of analysis here, but just like right. surface level or below the surface level, if you will. <laughs> I mean, a Marlin is obviously he's grieving. I mean, it's been some time, but yeah. there's that, you know, emotional scarring of losing his wife. And Marlin's like, he's afraid something might happen to Nemo. Yeah. He's unable to let go. He's like controlling, fearful. He's got that separation anxiety. Right. Because the moment you take your eye off of him, Barracuda's going to come right in. Mm-hmm. And it's totally understandable. 
And I mean, on the other side of it, Nemo is like kind of resenting his dad for being too controlling. Right. And thinks his dad is just scared. Obviously, like he loves him and knows he's like looking out for his best, but like he wants to be able to experience life on his own. Yeah. Do things for himself. He's been kind of coddled basically his whole life. And then Dory is like struggling with, she's just kind of been abandoned. Like she doesn't know where her family is. She's lost her family too. Yeah. Or she's just forgotten. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't actually remember the sequel of how they tie that up together. The sequel, like she goes and tries to find her parents, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something about that. I don't really <laughs> like finding Dory. And not necessarily because of the movie. It's because the movie came out when I was working at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me over an hour to clean that theater after opening night because so many kids were there. And I counted 16, count them, 16 large popcorn buckets on the floor. Like spilled over? Spilled over. Um, <laughs> there was a case of, there's a thing of nerds spread out all over the floor, which those are really hard to pick up when you don't have a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I just had a broom. Um, we didn't even sell nerds. <laughs> so that was funny. But yeah, it took me forever, and it was just a bunch of whining kids coming in to see a movie that they didn't even grow up on. <laughs> you know, I felt a little salty. I was like, why am I working here when I should be seeing this sequel? Or side story or prequel. I don't really know. I think it's a sequel. It's a sequel, but it's it's a different. It's more of a spinoff. Mm. You know, whatever. I was happy until that. Because <laughs> it was like a 12-hour shift. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason I don't like it. But I guess I have my own PTSD. Yeah. We're getting a little too heavy. Let's Let's talk about some happy stuff about this movie. Okay, okay. Alcoholism for sharks. What do you know? <laughs> okay. I didn't realize they were all trying to quit. Like it was an AA meeting, but for fish. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did not realize that growing up. I thought it was hilarious. Um, the shark scene is probably one of my favorites of the whole movie. Yeah. And I feel like it's very much like one of the most quoted too. like hello my name is bruce hello bruce it has been three weeks since my last fish on my honor or may i be chopped up and made into soup you're an inspiration to all of us i mean and it's just like that's like subverting expectations of of you think like you know you see this scene with a barracuda and they come face to face with this shark and you're like okay right. what's oh man this is even worse than that and then like whenever he talks he's just like a Australian yeah. bloke. Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> just a, just a good dude. Trying to invite some some uh some fish friends to his meeting in his abandoned submarine surrounded by mines. What's interesting about this? I don't really I don't truthfully believe them. Think about this. Who's going to host an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and be like, "Hey everybody, bring your own beer." <laughs> because <laughs> it's like yeah you've got i mean they're bring a friend but like why would you yeah. bring a friend to an alcoholics anonymous meeting unless they were also <laughs> struggling with being an alcoholic yeah. bring one we're not gonna drink it but go ahead and bring it with you bring it here 
<laughs> I didn't I didn't think about that. Hey man, yeah, if you want to stop by the store and bring some we can watch it while we talk about it. <laughs> They're definitely still recovering. I don't think yeah. I don't think Bruce has been sober too long there. No, he said a couple weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they need to get someone with a little bit more distance, you know, a little bit more sobriety before yeah, they start leading yeah. the meetings, you know. It would have been crazy if they actually came across a Barracuda just dealing with that. Just like, that would be a good time for a flashback. Um, but anyways, seeing Chum eat the fish and like having it stick out of his mouth, he was also like the nicest one. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But it's also, with that analogy, that would be him bringing an empty beer can <laughs> to the meeting. So, interesting stuff here. One thing that I thought was pretty cool was the the name Bruce. I feel like has a couple different meanings for it. Like yes, that kids wouldn't really know. Um, Bruce is the name of the shark, like the mechanical shark in the movie Jaws. Really, like that's what the director called it. Like they named like the mechanical shark, and they had all kinds of issues. Like the production of Jaws was like a really troubled production, but they named like the shark Bruce. Okay. So I feel like that's a cool Easter egg. And then also like Bruce is just like a common Australian name. Yeah. So we've got that's why he's got the Australian accent. And then another connection I thought was cool was like whenever they're trying to get away from him, they basically like shoot like a torpedo missile like into his mouth. Yeah. And they do oh, the same yeah, thing yeah. in Jaws. <laughs> Except for like it goes into his mouth and then and they explodes. like they shoot it and it explodes yeah. and fish guts go everywhere it's amazing yeah i i do remember that let me tell you something about jaws somehow i was this was a year later i was seven i remember exactly being seven years old uh because i remember like ooh, ocean movies are cool like Mm. i've seen finding nemo i've seen zeus and roxanne i've seen flipper (laughs) i've seen (laughs) flipper Shark Tale, probably at that time. Yeah, um, it came out a year later. Of course, they they have to copycat, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I've heard Jaws is a classic. It was made by the same guy that made Indiana Jones. I'm gonna watch that. But you're the one who convinced me to watch it. I don't know <laughs> if you got it from the library or it was on TV one day, but you convinced me to watch Jaws, and that genuinely scarred me more than any other movie that I've seen. If you have a seven-year-old, do not let him watch Jaws mm. because nightmares, nightmares for days. And I, I used to swim in the ocean. Yeah, especially if you're from Florida. That's not a good movie to watch. No. And it made me scared to swim, period. <laughs> um, honestly, like, <laughs> we have sharks in the ocean. We have gators in the rivers. Where are you going to swim? I, I do remember showing you that. I I don't remember how old you were. I guess guess you were like I seven. was seven years old, <laughs> and it hurt me to watch. Have you have you seen it since, or have you like yeah, are you like too I think, scarred? I think one time, but it was very scary. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a good movie. I believe that sharks are not as scary as they should be, mm-hmm. as as they're portrayed in movies like Jaws and all movies, I guess. But <laughs> uh, so when they throw the the missile into Bruce's mouth, he like. Like swings his head and like throws it away. 
Yeah. You know, and it, and you see it like flying through the water. Bro's got some neck muscles. It just gently like taps the uh ding. the mine and you yeah. just get the ting. Yeah. It's a great sound. And then there's an explosion. I always let just love that you, little sound. Let me tell you a better sound effect. Okay. Foley, tell me. Foley project. One up me. In this movie. Um anytime Nemo's fin would touch anything. Mm. Specifically the butt. Um <laughs> Such a crisp fin. That was a good noise. That was a good. Anytime, I mean, he would he would give people high fives. Nemo's fin, crisp sounds. And that's a weird thing to bring up, but I like. I, I think it, it's it's a top ten sounds of all Pixar. Honestly, top. That is top a bold 10. statement. I don't know how to gauge that at all. No, you can walk that one back. You still have time. Okay. No. <laughs> it's not even worth walking back. I'm not going to make that claim ever again. Don't touch the butt. Nemo! Touch the butt. I don't know. That sound just scratches my brain in the best of ways. <laughs> um. Okay. So, here's Brucey. <laughs> there's like, there's two uh horror movie references in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're trying to make it scary. Yeah. We got Here's Brucey, which is from The Shining, and then we've got the psycho music when Darla walks in. Mm. I had another realization from Finding Nemo that P. Sherman, Wallaby Way City, 42 Wallaby Way City, mm-hmm. um, those goggles belonged to the dentist. That is P. Sherman. And another fun fact, if you didn't know, P. Sherman... His first name is Philip. Oh. So. How do you know that? Where did where'd you find that out? I just Googled it. <laughs> Philip Sherman. It probably says it on his, like, doctor business card or, like, a sign or something. I wanted to mention the dentist because there's one part where he's, like, talking. He's essentially talking to the prime minister of Australia. Yeah. He's like, oh, sorry about that, you know, prime minister. <laughs> and it's like, this must be, like, a very high-profile dentist. If the prime minister of Australia oh, really is going to see him. I mean, I guess all dentists make a good amount of money, but if one of your main hobbies is scuba diving, you could have some cheaper hobbies than that. That's true. I'm just like thinking of like, what is it like to be like a high profile dentist for like the president or something? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> Any high profile dentists in in the area, in the local area, uh, let us know. We'll do an ad read for you. Speaking of scuba diving, I know a lot of random facts about this, mainly because this has the number one behind-the-scenes special feature section. Okay, yeah. So there's the uh, classic special features, like staged video. It's like five minutes long of Mm -hmm. the kid who voiced Nemo. Yeah running around in his Heelys interviewing all the animators and stuff and they're all being like goofy and it's it's all staged and it's really, really funny and yeah, really informative a, too, actually. He's getting like a studio tour. He's supposed to get a studio tour from the director and then the director's like, oh, I got to take care of some stuff and then yeah. he just like kind of wanders on his own throughout all the different departments. And Yeah. It's like they brought him in after they had like a slow day. <laughs> it was really interesting. Um, uh, well, anyways, what I was getting to is 
another fun fact that I learned from that special feature was that they made the entire animation team become scuba certified so yeah. that they can understand how water works so they could learn <laughs> the way of water oh man what if you were an animator and like i can't swim i'm gonna have to you get better a new learn job. i'm gonna have to get a new job <laughs> put me on the put me on the next movie <laughs> i bet they didn't make shark tail people get scuba certified <laughs> and that's for sure you can and it shows it does show <laughs> That um that bonus feature, we haven't even got we haven't gotten into like the tasty food section or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I gotta I gotta give a shout out to that bonus feature because there's a scene where oh, yeah. the kid he's like he gets really sad because the animators are talking about how they how they act in the movie and he's like what yeah. you're not gonna need me anymore and he's really sad and they cheer him up and they give him a chocolate chip cookie and listen Jeremy, I still think about that cookie sometimes. <laughs> On a like, daily basis. That looked like such a good chocolate chip cookie. It was and so like, gooey. He gets it like all over his face and everything. And I'm just, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Any any other uh, animated foods though from this movie, Jeremy? <laughs> I wouldn't say food. I'm sure you could eat it. You could eat everything in this movie because there are fish. Um, I wouldn't, I will never say any of the fish looked appetizing to me. But I would say that the the sponge beds at the reef <laughs> okay. at the beginning, yeah. those looked so good. Hmm. Like, I don't know if you can eat those, but I would try. They look like those strawberry shortcake store-bought filler things. You know what I'm talking about? At the grocery yeah. store? Yeah. <laughs> That's what those look like. Only good. Mm. That's the thing. Like, you can, you can eat the sponge, but you got to have a good topping for it. So you got to yeah. find something else in the movie to top it. Fish. top it off with i don't know why i'm thinking of this now but because it's not a like it's not a food thing but whenever they do um later in on in the movie when nemo and the the tank gang or whatever yeah they like stop the filter and mm-hmm. allow it to get dirty you want to eat the like, algae that i mean Is that what you're saying not really, but it's very <laughs> aesthetically pleasing, is it not? Like, isn't it's, that the, the cleanest algae you've ever seen? It truly is. And honestly, seeing this really triggered me because I am a proud owner of a fish tank at my office. <laughs> uh, and it can get pretty algae filled if I don't, if I forget about it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I've never had a fish tank before, or honestly, even a pet. Uh, we just weren't that type of family, but <laughs> it is kind of gross whenever you forget about it for a couple of days or there's just like a bacterial bloom, um, and you have to do a tank water change and it's, eh. I did not like that scene as a current fish tank owner, knowing that I just have to clean that. Yeah. I know it smells like super gross. Yeah, no. But like in the movie, it just looks so like it's just like a, a nice, clean, neon green, like fuzzy grass. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like you know wallowing in it, and it's like what is yeah, going yeah. on? It's really gross. Except for that one like germaphobe, yeah, fish. Jacques was like eating it. <laughs> Jacques, I said no eating it. I am sorry. I love me some Tank Gang. I think the Tank Gang was probably one of my favorite 
I don't know. It, it's multiple scenes, but mm-hmm. all the scenes in the tank were awesome to me. I was going to mention that too. I don't want to hawk a loogie. I always loved it when it cut back to the story going on with Nemo. Right, right. Because um, I, I just liked, I liked those characters a lot. And I liked their whole plan and everything. I, I don't know that, it, you know, how the movie would have worked if they had had more of that and it had been like more 50 50 Marlon and Dory 50 50 Nemo and the tank gang. But there's some on it. I would, I would like to say that there are honestly some boring parts with Marlon mm-hmm. kind of exhausting. Like, Oh my goodness. I know you have to like swim yeah. like 1200 miles, but still it's kind of, <laughs> this is all filler. And that leads into something I, I had some notes about because okay. one of the things I've always remembered about this movie is, this movie came out, everyone loved it. Yep. And it was, you know, a great movie, but it got run into the ground. And I know I've know so many people that find this movie annoying because of how rewatched it was. Like babysitters, parents. Right. Even I mean, just like friends quoting it, you get kind of tired of it after a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely think that there are a couple of like annoying scenes in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, do you remember that? I, I feel like I remember that, that, you know, shift in the tide of like people loving it to kind of like finding it annoying. Like, I feel like over the course of the year of like the summer at first came out to, by the time I went to like summer camp the next year, people were like, Oh, that movie's so annoying. I don't know if you remember that or not, but I don't know. Cause I was in kindergarten and nothing cartoons annoyed anybody so that's true i kind of forget sometimes yeah <laughs> you were in that age where you, you weren't plugged into the culture you know at that time like i no. was no <laughs> that was the coolest thing ever <laughs> as far as i'm concerned which okay i i wrote down a couple things that are kind of old well annoying to me in this movie do, okay. do you have anything that comes to your mind at the end, where he's just going through all the groupers and like the, the bottom feeders, mm. ugh, so exhausting. Yeah, for me, like Dory speaking whale. Is Ooh, like yeah, that's a me. rough one too. I, I don't, I don't really care for that. Like the, the joke is funny at first, but then like when it becomes a reality of her like actually like trying to interact with the whale, I feel like it, it's kind of annoying. Let me tell you why that's annoying to you, Jonathan. It's because. It's because of a little McDonald's toy, right? Because of the Happy Meal toys that went off. (laughs) Honestly. Probably top 10 McDonald's toys of my childhood, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, There was this talking Dory where if you pressed her top fin, she would say quotes from her lines and stuff from the movie. And half of those quotes were her speaking whale. And the clip of her saying, imprinted in my mind and i get triggered every time half the time i was the one pressing that button um and also i had one at home and mom had one in the library Mm. as well because i guess there were fish i don't know she had she liked dory a lot so that thing was always being pressed so that is probably why that scene annoys you the most. Because the yeah. whale scene when they get swallowed, dope. Getting swallowed by the uh 
frosted the Danny an- Wheat's throat of the whale. <laughs> the animation's good in that scene. The taste I do buds. Find it, I do find it kind of annoying, but like seeing the bumps on the tongue and yeah. stuff. And then like Marlin backing it up on the taste bud. <laughs> Does this taste good to you? It's kind of the most, unco- that's probably the most uncomfortable sequence. <laughs> Animated sequence. The other thing, which I do think is funny, but gets annoying really fast when people quote it a lot, is like the pigeons saying, my, mine, mine, yeah. mine. Oh, yeah. Borderline, that not as annoying, but annoying one is also, uh, oh, you guys made me ink. <laughs> like, yeah, I, li- I always liked that quote. That's a good quote. It's got a lot of context to it, but yeah, clearly not the best quote. <laughs> and the one that's been ran into the ground is he touched the butt which I mean honestly great quote deserves yeah. to be up there but ran into the ground so I mean as far as the the Marlin and Dory storyline goes it's pretty it's kind of cool because it, it just goes from like one sequence to the next like it, it basically the movie is kind of like a a buddy road trip comedy kind of (laughs) yeah it really is because they come across a bunch of people yeah and you know the different people they meet along the way yeah and you know like you said like some of those some of those scenes you know get a little bit stronger than others and i obviously i always liked the stuff like in the tank with nemo is really good kind of that b story but um you know like the shark meeting that's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. scenes in the movie even the jellyfish scene is like a scary going yeah. back to kind of like scary scenes. I mean, that's kind of intense. Like you don't know if they're going to make it through that or not. Yeah. Um, I really like the school of fish. That yeah. Are voiced by <laughs> John Ratzenberger. Basically like whoever he voices in a Pixar movie, it's going to be one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sure they're the is. ones that like, <laughs> they're the ones like, Hey, basically like point them like, towards sydney and everything yeah and how they're like making faces of like doing impression the impressions fish is what they are (laughs) and they're like making fun of marlin like mimicking him in the background as like marlin's complaining to dory and yeah i I liked all that stuff what's interesting about that is i always noticed um that whenever they were mocking mimicking marlin it kind of looked like just a regular basic fish shape Mm-hmm. but I'm a graphic designer. I'm about to graphic design nerd out a little bit. If you sort of isolate that image and you place it next to, let's say, okay, let's isolate a posed picture of Marlin. You just make it black and white and you get mm-hmm. rid of his eyes as sockets and his mouth. It's a flat vector image and the eyes immediately look more circular because they're sockets hmm. and he looks like a base. It looks exactly like, I think what they did was they broke it up and matched it with a picture of like a vectorized version of a simplified version of Marlin. Anyways, that's enough of that. I was thinking about this too. I, I have never been to Australia, but because of this movie, like I have like a landmark to think of with this movie, which is the Sydney Opera House. Yes. And, and that's because of like, 
I I have this image and I have this sound that goes with it, like you yep. just did, like the. And I, I mean, it's not like I would have known what that was or anything like that. Like if they had shown, you know, like the out the shot of the city, mm-hmm. without like talking about it being Sydney, like I would have had no idea. Yeah, obviously, like as a kid, like if you had shown New York or something, another place I've never been to, but you have that knowledge of like these different landmarks. I didn't have any knowledge of like australia or sydney when you think of australia you think of like the outback and kangaroos and that sort of stuff sure so i don't know i feel like because of this movie i know about the sydney opera house yes (laughs) yeah 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 i was gonna ask you jeremy do you know how far marlin has to travel in this movie i looked into this i figured this is the kind of thing you would have looked into so i didn't i didn't google it i love extra details so much Okay. Yeah, so I always thought he swam across the entire ocean, but that is not the case at all. Um, I always did too. It makes so much sense. But what it really was just like 1,200 miles, which is a lot of miles to swim as a human, but even more to swim as a tiny fish. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like we don't really fully grasp the tiny, how tiny these fish actually are because they're taking up most of the screen. But they're like yeah, but the size of your thumb. They got on the EAC, you know? They got on the current. They got the jet stream. Yeah, but they're still small. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah. they're also fast. Who knows? But they go... It's the eastern coast of Australia. East Australian coast current. Um, and it starts from... It, it all takes place in the Coral Sea. From the mm-hmm. Great Barrier Reef near Cairns. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Cairns. That's Irish. <laughs> Cairns. I don't know. Please, mm. somebody correct me, Australian listeners. No. Cairns. And it goes all the way from there to Sydney, which is like going there. I actually did some other Google Maps nerding out. Okay. So this distance, 1,275 miles, is the equivalent of us driving from, if we swam from Bowling Green, Kentucky, to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. That's how far it is. Okay. It's good so, visual. And what's that really helps. weird is Australia is actually really big, but mm. from our point of view, what we learn in America is that it's just an island and it's not that big. But it's like Australia is the size, same size as the continental US. Oh, wow. And I hopefully I've blown other people's minds too. Because it is hmm. huge, and there's not that many people that live there. Like, hmm. there's the East Coast where most people live, and then there's some outback, and then mm-hmm. there's some, like, a couple people in Tasmania. But the rest of it, wild, hmm. wild west. Interesting. Interesting stuff. One of the other scenes I really like is the initiation scene with Nemo. Yes. And that's what we chanted on the jungle gym after this movie. I was going to say, I feel like this scene was very influential. Um, It was very, a lot of quotes come from this, like shark bait. Yeah. And Mount Wanahakalugi, which I always thought was a cool, you know, if I was going to hike a mountain, that's the one I'd want to hike. I'd want a Hakalugi for sure. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I think this was very influential, and 
I wanted to ask you about, see, we were in Boy Scouts. And usually something would happen in Boy Scouts whenever you were a new scout. You know, you first crossed over from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts. Right. Yeah. You have a ceremony that happens there. But usually the scouts would do oh, like an initiation no. on like with the new scouts on their first actual camp out. That's yep. And that's what this reminded me of, like this initiation ceremony. I was going to ask you, do you remember your initiation into Boy Scouts? Jonathan, I, of course <laughs> I remember that. That was so scarring. I actually think initiations were banned after y'all's. Because mm. we didn't do it. <laughs> that was so Initiation, scary. hazing, where's the line? I, I'm not really sure. No, it wasn't hazing. <laughs> Scariest moment. Probably the top three scariest moments of my scouting career. Um, we go camping at this place in North Florida, which is just some land owned by our scoutmaster. Okay. And honestly, probably one of the best campouts we would look forward to every year. But yeah. I didn't know that because this was my first time going. Mm -hmm. And I'm a 10 year old, just fresh new scout. Not even a tenderfoot yet, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, it's the end of the night and we're having like our cracker barrels, what we called it which is really confusing because there's a restaurant called Cracker Barrel, but we would just have a snack time, and we called it Cracker Barrel. Anyways, <laughs> um, it's the end of the night, and uh, Scoutmasters went stargazing, and it was just us kids. And did you guys get this approved by the Scoutmasters at all? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, Let's they just... knew what we were That's doing. That's why they went star stargazing. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're leaving us in charge. Okay, it was I like, thought... oh, we're going to go. Do that. You guys, you guys of are in course. charge. Of course. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Brian decides to uh, say, you know what? Let's go on a night hike, guys. Mm -hmm. and we're like, hiking trip at night? Spooky. Doesn't sound like that much fun, but I don't have any say. I'm a young scout. So we, we start hiking. I don't even know how long it was. But it was kind of spooky. We, we all had flashlights. Um. And all of a sudden, we hear some rustling in the in the bushes, and Brian just stops in his tracks, scared. And he's like, "Hi, guys, be still. I do not know what this is." And all I hear <laughs> is these two rednecks yelling. I think that was you, right? In ten, let's get them, boys. Let's get them, boys. And all I hear is a <laughs> chainsaw just ripping. <laughs> Um, and Brian's like, every man for himself, run. <laughs> and we just start bolting. I'm following Brian because he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So we all find ourselves in this bunker. I guess it was like a deer stand or something. Yeah, for like hunting and stuff. And we just start hiding. And there's smoke bombs and stuff being thrown around. Um, you guys are running around, jumping on top of the bunker. Uh, and the chainsaw's rearing and rearing whatever that means. And it is genuinely one of the most scariest moments ever. <laughs> I thought we were actually going to die. And I got back, went to my tent, and I cried. <laughs> I actually cried. And you had to come in and console me. Yeah. And it was a good moment, actually. But <laughs> you were just really shooken up, shaken yeah. up from it. it. You guys let us stay in there for a good while before. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time processing that that was fake. So 
Yeah, we did that for you because that's what they did to us. Yeah. <laughs> the Elder Scouts did to us. Of course. And I had seen through through the years, I'd seen a lot of different initiation ceremonies. A lot of, some of them were like really dumb. Yeah. Really like cheesy and stuff. I always liked that one. And like when I when I was a new scout, we went to the same, you know, camp and everything, the same place. And I don't remember if we did this with you with your group, but the older scouts when I was new, they had this backstory of like after we had first gotten there, they were like, Oh guys, we just like we might have to leave early. We're not sure, but like we heard like there's some like prisoners that have escaped, like yes. the local jail. Yes. And like the the police are looking for them. So I and, and so they were like talking about that and like updating us on that throughout the weekend. And so we were like scared. We were like, oh, it's probably okay. I don't, you know. And so it was kind of the similar thing where it was like, oh, the older scouts took us for like a night hike and out in the middle of the woods in the dark, all of a sudden, you know, we come out of the trees and with, with our group, it was the same thing. I think people had paintball guns in mind. Yeah. And like they weren't actually shooting paintballs at us, but they were like, you know, just making the sounds of shooting and the the chainsaw did not have a had have like an actual chain on it it was right. just to make the sound also and we had smoke bombs they were like throwing smoke bombs at the bunker that we were like hiding in at the end like when we were running one away. of the smoke bombs got in or in the bunker and we couldn't breathe <laughs> you know i i feel like not all all of the parents would have approved of that uh, no. initiation but <laughs> but i did see other like initiation things where i remember like stuff being quoted from finding nemo oh really yeah like i mean just like there was one i think it was called like king ukabuga or something like that and it was like yeah, yeah it was like a new you know new scout ceremony and like some one of the, the scout master or like one of the older scouts would like dress up as like this like tribe leader or something like that yeah. you know and like you would have to like do match whatever he do whatever he said or match whatever action he does exactly like a simon says situation yeah and like the whole joke at at the end is like they get you to do all this stuff and then they get you to stand up and then like a group of scouts put like a bucket of water in your seat after mm-hmm. you've like stood up and then like the king Ugabuga gets you to sit back down and you just like sit in a bucket of water <laughs> that's i mean like i've seen that one but i remember one time like where people were like basically like mimicking lines from finding nemo <laughs> in the script of this yeah. of this prank anyway so boy scout initiations dude i it was scary i was really terrified of that but like as soon as i realized it was fake and it was like the older scouts i was like oh that was that was fun that was it was fun. cool scarred me though dude yeah i was scared also i think it scarred a lot of people because by the time it was my turn to do an initiation i don't remember doing mm-hmm. one mainly because mm-hmm. that was super scared scary for me <laughs> But also, you probably scared off the other new scouts because there were only like two people in my age group. Also, the younger kids were cooler than us. Mm. Um, so there's that. I'm really, ah, I boy feel scouts, like we fun did some times. type of initiation, but I cannot remember what we did. I made this kid poop his pants one time. But that was a, <laughs> that, well. That's a different story. Save save that for the scouting podcast. Definitely will. <laughs> Scout stories.
Yeah, that would be great. Nemo, newcomer of orange and white, you have been called forth to the summit of Mount Wanahakalugi to join with us in the fraternal bonds of tankhood. Huh? We want you in our club, kid. Really? If you are able to swim through the ring of fire! As far as like the Marlin and Dory story, I obviously I like the um the stuff with Crush, the sea turtles. That's a standout scene. Um it goes without saying, but like Crush is the Chicken Joe of this movie. He sure is. He was Chicken Joe before Chicken Joe was Chicken Joe. Coolest dude. If ever. you know what I mean. <laughs> Super chill. That's a good dude. And you wouldn't even guess that he's 150 years old. No. He's not. young at heart. I wonder how old Squirt is. Is it like baby he's Grogu like, rules? Yeah. He's like 50 years old. <laughs> that's why, that's why, like, whenever he gets knocked out of the stream and Marlin's like, starts to freak out and Crush is like, no, let's see what little Squirt does flying solo. <laughs> but in the back of his mind, he's like, the dude's 50 years old. He can handle himself. Yeah. Probably not, though. He probably just had a kid really late in life. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> The stuff with Crush and the Sea Turtles, I really like. Um, I also like how um, Nigel like brings the news to Nemo of like the story of like Marlin and Dory going across the ocean, like the story spreading. I don't know, and like going from one like school of fish to another to like different animals, like telling the story of what's going on. Mm-hmm. The news is just spreading, like of like what's going on. I I always liked that. That was kind of yeah. like a cool. We'll see. I mean, they didn't have any milk cartons to put this kid on, so <laughs> gotta do something. The escape attempts are like Mission Impossible. I mean, yeah. they really get, even have the music there, which is yeah, it's really cool. Um, I always liked that. I mean, we we haven't even really like we haven't really like talked about the cast, but I like Willem Dafoe as Gil. <laughs> like, it's an iconic role. Yeah, it really is. Brad Garrett as mm-hmm. the pufferfish. Okay, one casting choice that I was surprised by. Do you know who voiced Nigel? The Nigel is the um the pelican. Oh that, yeah. Like, that like gets, you know, is like communicating to like the bird in the window that talks to them. Yeah, that one the guy tank. from uh The King's Speech. Jeffrey Rush? Yeah. I don't know what else he's in. You well, he's Captain <laughs> Barbosa. <laughs> In Pirates of the Caribbean. Figured I'd throw you a curveball. You hear that voice. You did not expect that. For No, for sure. He must be like, I wonder if he's actually Australian. Could and that's be. like his normal Could voice. Be. Oh, there was one other thing I was going to mention about Gil. Um, I liked, I liked that like his home in the aquarium was like a skull. Going back to the skull and crossbones, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a skull with like a gold tooth or whatever. And yeah. there's like a sign that says, didn't brush. <laughs> yeah. And I just loved that for like a dentist's office. And like, that's where Gil hangs out. Is it like inside that skull? That's, like, that's perfect. Skull. It's like, didn't brush. That's what happens <laughs> when you don't eat your vegetables. <clears throat> Music. You, you mentioned that. Yeah, we have not really talked into it that much. This was the first Pixar movie that did not feature a score by Randy Newman. So instead they got his cousin, <laughs> yeah. Thomas Newman. 
<laughs> but basically, if you got, you know, if you got a Newman doing the score, you're probably going to, it's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I, the music is really good in this, um, really beautiful. It really matches the, like, the animation, the underwater ocean animation. Just sounds and, like, like waves. Sea lice. Mm-hmm. You can hear waves in the music. Flowing it, anemones. It has a kind of chill, I don't know, nature vibe to it at some parts. I mean, some of it is action, but like some yeah. of like the main themes are very like soothing. Nemo Egg is probably widely regarded as one of the best pieces of music score. It just gives you goosebumps to That's listen what, to. I mean, most people don't know the names and titles of these certain tracks of movie mm-hmm. score, but everybody knows Nemo Egg. <laughs> so calming, yeah. man. Yeah, I just, I wrote down, if, if you do look up the soundtrack to listen to it, um, Nemo Egg, Field Trip, mm-hmm. News Travels, Finding Nemo, the credit song, Beyond the Sea. Those, those are like the standouts I wrote, kind of wrote down. <laughs> Beyond the Sea, which is also like another reason they put Finn at the end is because that's originally mm-hmm. a French song. Mm, yeah. And so. I guess, I guess, um, cause they didn't have Randy. He didn't like Randy didn't write a, a good old, like original song for the movie. Yeah. So they had to get, you know, Dude, something else that fits. Honestly, but, Randy Newman's style would not have fit this at no, all. No, it would. It would this is such a deep, like serious movie compared to the other movies. Mm-hmm. It just hearing some like, I mean, Randy would also be singing along with some of the songs. Yeah, yeah. And having the piano going and like some brass. No, that <laughs> would not have worked at all. I'm very glad. Mm-hmm. What else has Thomas Newman done? Uh, he He's like a major composer. He he doesn't, he, I mean, he's done some work with Pixar, but mm-hmm. he, I wouldn't say he does like children's films. He, he does for like a lot of, um, dramas and that sort of thing yeah he did the 1917 movie mm-hmm. he works with that director a lot sam yeah. mendez Dory, one, one score that i like of his um they did a few years ago they did a biopic of J.R.R. tolkien and he did like oh, the okay. score for that and that has a few tracks on that that i think are really good too okay he also did the james bond Daniel Craig's? Yeah, Sam Mendes did a couple of those. Okay. Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah, honestly, not a not a lot of like super famous ones. Like Nemo is definitely his most famous one. Yeah, the the other scores he's done for Pixar is he did the sequel Finding Dory, and then he yeah. also did the score for Wally. Wally is one of my favorite ones. I think Thomas Newman is goaded. Yeah. So um I think those are the th- Movies that Andrew Stanton has directed for Pixar. Then. Okay, I think he works with him specifically. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Um, I had one random like behind the scenes fact I wanted to mention, and then we can kind of start wrapping up. Okay. So I watched a few months back. Um, there's a YouTuber called Defunct Land. Okay, and he makes a lot of videos about Disney th- Disney and theme parks and that sort of thing usually talking about like attractions that have like that are extinct, like have 
opened and closed. Like you can't yeah. go to them anymore. It's like the history of things like that. Um, but he's kind of branched into like documentary features of niche topics. And he did an investigation on, it's like an hour long or more documentary investigation on who wrote the Disney Channel theme song, oh, which really? is just like the little, like several notes you hear like in between shows, you know, when you got the little Disney logo in the corner. It's mm-hmm. like, dun, 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 dun. Like yep. that's all it is, but there's like different variations. Um, so one thing in watching that documentary, which has nothing to do with Finding Nemo, but over the course of that investigation, he interviewed a former, a former, I, I don't know the exact title, but someone high up in Disney Channel marketing and determining like what's going to go in because they don't show commercials traditionally on Disney channel. They usually just promote their own products, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Like they don't promote third party stuff typically. So it's usually about like, Oh, other things that are, you know, you should go to the parks or this movie's coming out or these little, you know, those little web shows they would do in between. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I found out that she admitted to in that interview, she doesn't, shouldn't work for them anymore. But she admitted in that time, it's like during this time, like, um, and I don't know if this is genius or sinister <laughs> marketing tactics, but she she mentioned putting in fish facts and like ocean facts as like little behind oh, the scenes yeah. things in between shows to subconsciously get kids interested in like ocean life and to like when the movie comes out want to go see that movie and this wasn't this wasn't like hey we've got a brand new movie coming out finding nemo that features a clownfish here's information about clownfish (laughs) it was like she was like no it wasn't like that it was very subconscious subliminal like here's oh we want to be educational here's information about sea life and animals and underwater creatures and that sort of thing Wow. And I heard that my, my, my like jaw dropped. Cause I was like, you just don't think about that stuff. Like, you yeah. know, that kind of thing goes on, but it's like, man, they're just like, they're just trying to get to the kids any way they can. Wow. So I, I don't know as a, as a marketing person, <laughs> you know, what do you, what do you think of the ethics of that? Is that genius? Is that nefarious? I don't what, think there's what, anything what think wrong that with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh educational i honestly it inspired a lot of people to learn more about the ocean and i feel like it all started with pirates of the caribbean like the new resurgence of ocean movies in general mm-hmm. um you know yeah well treasure treasure planet is not in the ocean necessarily but you know treasure island is and <laughs> um jonah which is like a year after that one and shark tale mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's like we kind of weirdly obsess. Children's cinema sort of shifts in popularity of things based off of somebody making a good movie, meaning it's successful. But then, mm-hmm. ooh, there's another ocean movie that comes out. Now everyone's yeah. obsessed with oceans. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, and you haven't even mentioned Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. So I think it's really genius that they did that. I I just the the fact that it's like subliminal bothers me. Right. 
Like if it was like, hey, and if you liked this information about these fish or you want to see this, you know, this clownfish in an all new adventure, check out Finding Nemo this summer. Right. You know, I like to know when I'm watching a commercial. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't always know. That brings us to our sponsor of the week. <laughs> Sherman's High Profile Dentistry. <laughs> you can find us at P. Sherman 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. You know, that's another 42 connection that I've never thought about. It really is. Yeah. Um, did you find any Easter eggs? Uh, okay, one, the only Easter egg, like, I noticed is, like, people look for the A113, mm-hmm. um, you know, in all the Pixar movies and stuff. And it was on the camera. That was, like, the model of the camera. Okay. That, like, the scuba diver takes a yeah, picture yeah, of Marlin yeah. and, like, blinds him underwater. Right. I noticed that. What about you? Well, did you see so, like the what was the they usually put an Easter egg for like the next movie? Yes. So the there's an Incredibles. Um, so the kid in the waiting room that was like watching all the chaos uh, mm-hmm. through the glass, he was reading an Incredibles comic book. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, you're too busy focusing on the Pelican, mm. going crazy, Nigel. <laughs> Is there is there any other quotes that um, we haven't mentioned yet? I think we've mentioned most of the... I've got one. Kind of the standard ones are kind of what we've quoted. Here's one that I'm going to be using for the rest of my life, mainly when I have kids. I want to wake up my kids every morning to, good morning, the sun is shining, the tank is clean. <gasps> the tank is clean. <laughs> I want to wake up my kids like that every morning. I, I, I've noticed we have said in the past, like it's something that crush says it's just like when they're they're going like that downward spiral on the current and and he's just like righteous righteous i feel like we've said that before about something yeah, that's, that's cool a pretty solid like um uh, he's got a lot of quotes i just that righteous was the one that i wrote down noggin <laughs> dude totally I mean, basically just anything a generic surfer would say, that's what Crush says. The dude is the equivalent of a Capri Sun. <laughs> I can't explain it any further. Don't have to. Um, I want to bring up one last point before we wrap up. Okay. All right, so if you learn anything from this movie, it is basically that, man, fish aren't really good at being pets. They're not really meant to be pets. And also saltwater aquariums, really hard to maintain. You know, probably should avoid them in general. But fish tank sales skyrocketed. Um, clownfish sales skyrocketed. And whatever Dory was, I don't know what she's called. Um, but it started, like, affecting the environment. Like, there was some, a reef that was, like, dying because it, they took away all the clownfish. Oh, and that messed up the food chain. Um, but on the other hand, other people that took that and were like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have pets. They started releasing their fish that they already had into the wild, which Mm. where they didn't really belong. And it sort of created an invasive species issue. Hmm. So (laughs) this movie kind of wrecked the environment a little bit. (laughs) Blame it on Pixar. Yeah. But it's, it's worth, it's worth the knowledge at least. That's interesting. I actually didn't know any of that. Yeah. I mean, every pet store you see, you'll see a clownfish now. And clownfish weren't really popular back then. 
Well, I guess my lesson learned from this movie was all drains lead to the ocean. That's true. At the end of the day, they all go there. I guess we can uh, start to wrap it up here. Jeremy, do you have a letterbox score for this movie? I do. I do. Do you want to say it at the same time, or do you want me to say mine first? Or Yeah, same time. All right. Three, two, one. Four, four and, and a half. five. So is that the same? I said four and a five. I meant to say four and a half. Okay. I meant to say four and a half and 4.5 put together. It is almost perfect. It's a near perfect movie. Yeah. But I feel like the annoying bits that I kind of called out <laughs> were like affects the rewatchability and rewatchability is like a big thing for me on my like that's true rating scale. But still, it's an amazing movie. As as deeper themes like we were talking about um and a lot of just great humor and great moments, great animation. But yeah, I went with a four and a half. Like I will watch Finding Nemo. Now this may be a hot take. I will watch Finding Nemo over any Toy Story movie. Not not trying to get into hot takes at the end, but I'll just leave y'all with that. Anyways. You just did. You just did. Well, another day, another staple. Well, everyone, our only question left is, what is your favorite inside quote from Finding Nemo? Let us know on Instagram at InsideQuotesCast. Yeah, and if you haven't followed us, go ahead and do that, and let us know if there are any movies you want us to cover on the show. Well, Jeremy, next week, before you get into any more trouble, uh, <laughs> it's going to be your turn. So do you have a hint for what we're going to be talking yes, about next week? Yes, yes, yes. We don't really need hints for these because, you know, we're, we're covering the rest of the Harry Potter movies. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. One of the best movies, top eight movies, honestly, of Harry Potter. Yeah. So <laughs> and we'll have some, we'll have some announcements and we'll discuss some some news in the in the wizarding world um, next week. And uh, yeah. Okay be really fun all right here's a clip you seem to be laboring under the delusion that i'm going to what was the phrase come quietly well i can tell you this i have no intention of going to azkaban enough of this take him Minister, but you can't deny Dumbledore's got style. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at Groovy Bridge. And our music was done by Alex Bird. And we would love it if you left us a five star review. If you do, we promise to read it on the show. But more importantly, five stars, and we'll let you touch our butts. Well, uh, our boats. Uh, boats. That's what I right. said. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think I said? <laughs> boats. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening us talk about our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Also, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Until next week, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. Just remember... Fish are friends, friends, not not food. food.